it's one of the reasons why the bio one franchisees never collect payment at the time of service. Very important that we walk our talk of helping first because the money's there. We wouldn't be in business if it wasn't, but there's the time and a place for it. And that's why helping first and business second is, is a very strong and passionate motto that we have that we live by every day. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I am your host. I'm also the luckiest person alive today, I would say, because I get to spend some time with some incredibly talented people who are changing the world literally with the things that they are doing. And today's guest is no different. I'm on the line with the wonderful Nick Anthony Zamerson. All right. Hey, thanks, Rick. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much for asking. I I like to say, Nick, um, that I have two feet and a heartbeat. I can't really complain. Now, um, I know that uh, you are currently on vacation. Where are you at at the moment? Uh, Currently, my feet are planted solid in Scottsdale, Arizona. I my wife is, uh, she loves, loves, loves the heat, and I love being married. So uh, we, have, <laughs> well, there's a match. we have a place in Scottsdale. <laughs> ah, there's a match made in heaven, that's for sure. And certain, as I mentioned, yeah. I went through Death Valley, and like I said, it's the hottest place I've ever experienced. One-way ticket for me, straight through, never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a balmy 113 today oh. here in Scottsdale, and um, I've I've spent my time by the pool and indoors. You just don't go out when it's that warm. <laughs> well, look, uh, uh, Nick, um, and in professional settings, it's Nick Anthony. For everybody who wants some context here, I'm actually just going to share a little bit about you, if you don't mind, Nick. Um, for everybody who's on the call today, um, Nick is a serial entrepreneur. He's a business strategist. He's a four-time published author. He's an award winner. And we're going to be talking about what it's like to start your own business, the why, uh, the reason why franchising may not be good for you, along with many other topics on today's call, Nick. And it's going to be a wonderful journey. But before we do that, you're talking about being on vacation. I know you're incredibly busy, but what are your personal hobbies? What are some of the things that you like to do? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in California, so I was, uh, you know, I was a big surfer for a long time. So if it, if it has to do with, uh, hunting the beach, the beach? yeah, the beach, yeah, the beach, I'm pretty much there. And, uh, you know, surfing and, and, and spending time with the family again, uh, as I said, I like to be married. So anytime, <laughs> any chance I, I can it. get some time and spend money on my wife, that's always a great hobby. She, she really enjoys it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and again, it, it's a it's a good thing. I mean, I have three kids, three young kids under ten, and uh, you know, with me, hobbies have come few and far between. Just because it's you know, it's work in the family. You got to kind of prioritize what's uh, what's important in life. I remember having a, a run in with a Huntington Beach pier while surfing one time. I, <laughs> I won't forget that very quickly. I can assure you, she gets pretty sizable there, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. It does, and it's you know, it's one of these things where if you. If you've been doing it your life and, and you know, know where know where things are at, you're okay. I've seen plenty of people, uh, unfortunately, like yourself, yep. uh, wrong, <laughs> catch, catch the wrong end of the pier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it won. Let's just put it that way. Now, I'd love to uh, ask you if we could, uh, do you have any favorite movies? Are you a bit of a movie buff? What's, do you like to take some time out for that sort of thing? You you know what I I do I you know I, I'm more of a what they would call nowadays is the old classics. I mean everything from 
I mean, if, if it's got Jack Nicholson in it, oh, I, yeah. I'm I'm there. Um, I mean, I'm the I'm the typical Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino. Uh, I mean, Harvey Keitel kind of guy. Yeah. So anything. I mean, I can say a recent one that I that I really enjoyed was uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yes, Art, yes. I just thought it was a great movie, great kind of throwback to 70s, 60s, and seventies making of movies and, and characters. So I I enjoyed that one. So I thought I thought that was pretty darn good. Thank you for sharing, Nick. Now, I, I wonder, uh, early on in your career, um, it may have been the other way around, but what's more important today, business or family? Oh, family always. You know, business comes and goes. I mean, you can you can be on top of the world one day, and I don't care if it's financially or you just make a deal and close a deal that you're excited about or, or um, you know, business is business you can give or take because i mean you wouldn't do the business i mean my in my opinion my yep. humble opinion you don't you just don't do the business uh, you know the family you do the business for the family i mean it's uh you know years ago when i before i had a family i'd probably switch gears and would have said oh no business it's all business but but family i can tell you kind of humbles a man and centers a man and and uh, i can tell you it brings a bring, brings a sense of peace so uh, business set tends to be a little bit more chaotic, so I, I, I like to uh, I like to I like to focus on family and keep business where it's at, and that's usually in the office. Now I have uh, a couple of kids under ten, so I know you're busy for sure and certain. Um, what are some of the things you guys like to do? Do you do you go go together places and things like? Oh, that? oh yeah, you know I do I do a lot of coaching. So I've coached uh, I've coached my son, in, you know, four years of football now and two years of soccer. Excellent. Uh, um, so I mean, I, and I have two little girls. So I have I have a nine year old boy and two little girls that are six and four. Wow. And you know, uh, for me, it's it's they have this. Uh, you know, if it's if it's ice cream or candy, the girls are all about it. If it's sports, <laughs> my son wants to do it. So any chance I can get, I I, I take it. Now I wonder, going back a few years in your own childhood, um, did you have any pets, and do you have one that you fondly remember? If you did, yeah, you know, I had a I had a little. You know, it's funny stories. My my mom told me it was going to be a Labrador, and <laughs> got it. And uh, because I always wanted a lab, it turned out to be a. I think they're called Shih Tzus, but uh, oh, that's was, just a little bit different. About sixty pounds lighter um, than, a, than a lab, and uh, you know, his name was Slick. Um, you know, I, I don't quite know. How my mom, I, I'm not sure if she, I'd like to think that she didn't know it wasn't going to be a lab, that she was told it was going to be a lab, or I don't know, though. For all I know, uh, she knew it was going to be a small dog, and since then, I've, I've kind of been a small dog guy. So yeah, I, well. I, to this day, only have, I have a, a Yorkie and a Chihuahua now, so I just, I kind of fell in love with small dogs. I've always just, I, I thought I wanted a big dog when I was a kid and never got one and still haven't got one. Well, we used to at one stage have a couple of Maltese Shih Tzus, um, brother and sister, and they are the ultimate lap dogs, aren't they? They are. They are. They they just they just they love to snuggle, man. I tell you. <laughs> now, um, you talked about um, your mum a little earlier, and I always like to see how life and and the people around you have influenced you growing up. I wonder who was uh, around you early on the, in your formative years, let's call them, that helped yeah. to shape you into the man that you've become today. Well, I, I would say probably most, you know, first and foremost, probably would have been my grandfather. Uh, grandfather, I'm actually named after Nick. Uh, he was Nick Joseph. I'm Nick Anthony. Um, but but my grandfather, uh, he was the type of guy that that ten, uh, you, you knew where you stood with him. 
I mean, there was no pulling. There was no pulling punches. He he told you how it was, but in the same time, he was the you know he's probably one of the kindest men you would you'd ever meet and generous. And you know he 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 took care of everybody, and he was known he was known around town as Big Nick. And uh, you know I, when I was when I was born and running around with him, he passed when I was thirteen. But mm-hmm. when when I was running around with him, they'd say, "Hey, there's Big Nick," and hey, there's a shadow little Nick. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I would say my grandfather was probably the, the biggest influence in, in my life that I've had as of today. Now, you wouldn't have achieved um, much of the success which you have with Bio One Inc. and Best Options Restoration, which we'll talk about at length shortly, um, without having mentors, without having a good education. How much uh, emphasis do you put on ongoing learning and having and being around the right people? Well, I, I put a lot on self-awareness. I, I think you really have to know who you are and what your strengths are. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, Best Option Restoration, which we just call BOR, and yep. BioOne have done so well, um, you know, besides it's just dumb luck at times, but I, I <laughs> tend, tend to be pretty good at figuring out, again, what I'm not good at and hiring the right people, uh, listening to the right people, not you know, I think one mistake that entrepreneurs make far too often is that they 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 hold on to what they have this perceived control. They need to make all the decisions. They uh, they want to they they really want to hold on to their baby, for lack of a better word, and 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 they they lose the they lose sight of of to grow. You have to kind of let go, and you got to get people that can do things better. And frankly, faster than you can, because you know we all have our skill sets. Mine, you know, I might I might be a talker, while the other person might be great at numbers. I can tell you, I mean, I I'm not a CFO for a reason. I, you know, I I think things make sense financially, and then realize, well, that's why they don't make sense. But as soon as they, <laughs> this explained to me the tax side. So you know, it, it's it's uh, I think I think again, know who you are and. And not listening to naysayers because I can tell you when I started Bio One, I had there were two other companies before me that had tried to franchise mm-hmm. the company and or their companies and they failed miserably. And everyone kept telling me in the industry, "Oh, it'll never work if so and so couldn't do it, so and so couldn't do it. Then you certainly can't do it." And I just kind of had to sit back and again, being self aware and kind of full of myself, said, "Well, you know, just watch me." Just and watch me. And that's, you know, and that's kind of the, uh, uh, the underdog story that the, the Rocky plot is something I've always kind of <laughs> modeled my life off. After, so, um, I, I don't, I don't take no very, very well. Now there's, there's 101 ways we could go with the conversation. I just wanted to, I guess, follow on from that uh, statement about letting go. Uh, not only is this a mindset component, but there's also possibly, and hopefully you can clarify for me and the audience, um, systems. Did you have to have people around you that followed systems, created systems? How did you structure your business, and when was it uh, that you were comfortable that you had enough to let go? Well, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I, I mean, to, to, to a lot of those questions, uh, <laughs> I, had, I did not have a lot of systems put into play mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Um, it was a lot of, you know, just off the cuff making decisions, thinking that you're making the right or hoping you're making the right decisions. Yeah. Um, I can say uh, I eventually hired people. Um, you know, when I when I realized in 2000, I think it was 2016, I was gone 
37 weeks out of the year, traveling, opening up franchises, trying to support, being everybody, everything to everyone. Everybody. Yep. Um, I realized that just wasn't sustainable. And so I decided I would hire a management team to uh, take over Bio One and run it and grow it. While, you know, what I figured out was I loved the hunt. I love the creative side. I, I, I like to I like to build. What I don't like to do is manage. Yeah. And and what I figured out after about I think when I stepped away from Bio One, I think there was forty five franchises. And to me, I just said, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not the manager type. I you know, I, I wanna be fair and I wanna be nice to everybody and I, I, I try to do what's right by them, but sometimes, you know, people people tend to uh, and I hate saying it this way, but I, I don't know what else to say. People, people, people tend to take advantage of things, oh, yeah. and yep. especially when it's just you know, it's like, hey, you can make that decision. Let's bend the rules, and in franchising, you can't really bend the rules because no. you got forty-four other people that want the same kind of softness that you're giving to somebody. And then, so I decided I have to, I have to hire people that are that are basically by the book, that are good at what they do, that are still. Uh, still hold a pragmatic approach on how to run a company, but don't have that personal relationship, if you will, that I do with each and every one. So they could really take the business to the next level where it needed to go. So I, um, I hired, I hired the team. I hired yeah. the team as well and created something else. <laughs> now uh, you, you you strike me as someone who um, looks after themselves. What does a daily routine look like? Do you exercise? What what do you do with yourself every day? I can tell you in the morning, I, I'm a, I'm a four o'clock in the morning person. I, I don't sleep much. I, I, I get about three to four hours of sleep every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I just don't, I'm not a lot of, I'm not a big sleeper. Never have been. Uh, I'll go to bed about midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm pretty religiously up between four and four thirty. Uh, I'll work out in the morning for a few hours, whether it's uh, you know, a weight routine or, or some jogging. And then by six o'clock, I can tell you my day is pretty structured from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, I am working. I, I am working, and my wife does great about you know let me work during the week from six oh one to nine o'clock p.m. I can tell you I am <laughs> I am with the family. Yep. And then from nine o'clock on to usually about midnight or one o'clock, I'm in, I'm working again in front of the computer. So I, I found a way to you know we tend to you know people I'll say it this way I I've realized in my life that people tend to always say they don't have enough time, but yet we tend to make time for things that are important enough. So for me, I have uh, plenty of time to work and plenty of time to, to be with my family. I just need to schedule it. So my weekends are just family. Saturdays are with the wife. Sundays are with the kids and the wife. And But the work week is six to six and then, uh, you know, nine to nine to, or six to nine. It's yeah. just third. So I love that. I, I love that structure. Yeah. You've got to schedule it. I mean, it's, it's important. Comes back to that question of family or business first, doesn't it? Yeah, so. it does. It does. Now I, I wonder, um, you know, on the on the surface of it, you hear about overnight successes, and that's a, a pile <laughs> of BS. I'd say. I, I wonder, um, in reality, um, what have you learned from failure in your journey? Oh, I, I've I've learned more knots than I have twos. You know, <laughs> I mean, I would say, you know, to try to be here. Here was my problem. And my problem was it was very clear and very it's very it's very out there. I, I wanted to be perfect. You know, I have this thing about doing things wrong and not being right. So my big thing was 
you know, everything's perfect at all times, at all costs, make it perfect. The challenge with that is um, it tends to delay things and, and uh, because things aren't perfect and uh, you, you can't always have the perfect thing. Sometimes there is no perfect answer. It's just the better of the two evils. And I, and I had a hard time accepting that. And so uh, I've learned that over time with failure uh, to, to embrace it because not looking at failure as a punishment, but more on the lines of a teacher. And, and it's taught me quite a bit in the sense of um, being honest with people that sometimes, man, I just don't have the answer. I just don't. I'll get it for you, but I may not have it off the top of my head. And to me, when somebody came to me with a challenge or an issue or a question and I didn't have the answer, God, it was like a spelling bee. If I couldn't spell it right on out, you know, and, and, and so I, I just wanted to always have I wanted to always have the right answer at the right time, which isn't practical in business in no in no sense of the imagination. So, uh, again, it goes back to hiring the right people that can give you the right answers and, and, and guide you in the right direction. I mean, I tell people, look, I offer you advice, you make decisions. And so it, it's, uh, it, for me, learning failure taught me how to humbly um, say that I don't know. And it's, it's, ta- it's taken some years. <laughs> I and it's, uh, it's not as bad as it seems to say, I don't know, is it? Or it's not. It, 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 you know, people don't look at you like, what do you mean? I mean, you know, I, I just... <laughs> I had this thing built up in my head to say, I don't know, or I didn't have the right answer. I had this thing built up that, that people were just going to lose faith in me and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and they don't, I mean, yeah, every, don't. I mean, there's just no way you know everything. You yeah. Know? Human. I, I'm loving this call. I, I have to say, and I know that the, my future business audience, are, are small to medium sized business owners, they're startups, and they're not only looking for a bit of education, they're looking for inspiration as to what to do. And somewhere in uh, the write up, I read that uh, one of your greatest strengths is assisting people's success through your own experiences. So from that, I, I wonder how important is a success mindset? Well, you know, success mindset is, it, it's, I, I love the phrase, <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't happen every day. I mean, I wish I, could, I wish I could wake up every day and say, yes, this is, I mean, I'm getting I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. You know, some days you, you get your butt kicked and, and it's okay. Um, you know, I can say, you know, as a franchise owner, one of the things or franchise or uh, yep. to franchisees, I say, look, you have to understand that you're going to get your kick. You're going to get your teeth kicked in. Mm. Um, on a daily basis and and it's and that is okay because you're kind of earning your chops and you know having a success mindset is one thing having a mindset in my opinion that just doesn't give up is another and because there are days I go to bed Rick I don't feel successful and I mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like um, and whether it's professional or personal I mean you know I mean you, you have kids too you, you you have those days where you feel I mean, you, you sit there you put the kids to bed and you sit there and you say why did I have to raise my voice at that point? why am yep. I such yep. a bad dad you Every know and you, go, you, go all, <laughs> you go through all these things and, and you do so with business you know you look at a you have a franchisee or somebody coming to you for help and you and you just you're you're not in the right state of mind. And you might say something like, you know, I told you this ten times. I mean, yeah. why can't you do it? And and it's the wrong way. And it, and so you end up calling the next day and apologizing. And, and you know, it, so I would say uh, again, uh, good good success. I mean, success success. You always want in the forefront. I think you you just have to 
sometimes you just, as a business owner, you got to give yourself a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this comes back to being that human and, and somewhat vulnerable. I, I wonder, uh, are you uh, a natural risk taker or are you risk averse and it doesn't matter in business? Um, I think it does matter in business, in my opinion, and, and no, I'm a risk taker. Uh, yeah. I wish I was more risk averse at times and not because they're of failures, but I see things that, um, again, I love the hunt. I love to hear that somebody couldn't do it and I could. Um, so whether it's a, an investment or a new business turnaround, you know, or turning around a business, um, I mean, I can tell you one of the franchise organizations that I had, um, I bought a franchisor that had 16 locations that was going out of business because he was failing. Mm-hmm. And I just simply looked at the business and went, it's because you're just not making these moves. And I bought the, I bought it. I took over the franchise and then sold it quickly. And two years later, 24 months later um, for a handsome profit, because I, I wasn't, he he was too risk averse and he wouldn't do things that he needed to do because it was going to cost him a few pennies where, you know, uh, I'm a risk taker by nature. I, you know, I, I skydive, I swim with sharks. I, you know, I, I did a, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think as an entrepreneur, there's got to be a sense of it. I mean, there's got to be a sense of, you know, never say die attitude, and just knowing that you know if you die today, you're you know you're you're blessed enough to get up tomorrow and try it again. It's funny you should say that because they say that you're uh, living the most when you're closest to death. And I remember feeling that when I jumped out of a perfectly perfectly good airplane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look, I know that uh, people will be loving this call and I really appreciate you opening up. And I wonder if we could just um, touch on one more question before we shift gears and look at, at all of your books uh, yeah. momentarily. I wonder when you feel fear, given what I've just said, in, in a business context, and you're scared of something, you're scared of making a decision, does that ever happen? And if, if so, how do people manage that? How do they get through it? Um, I think fear, I think people handle fear differently. I think it's a lot of the way your almost DNA is made up. Yeah. Um, when I feel fear, um, I, I, I end up having a check-in moment, a self-check-in moment of, of what is it I'm fearing? Is am I fearing a failure? Am I fearing embarrassment? Am I fearing? So I, I do a check-in. What am I fearing about this? I mean, obviously in business, I'm not fearing a personal harm. So if it's not personal harm, then it's mental. So what what is it that I'm fearing? And you know, is it the, the letdown? Is it the loss of money? Is it is it just the form of loss in general? So I try to I try to I try to really uh, acutely pinpoint what is my fear. And address it from that point. Uh, because normally, in my opinion, I find fear being, for the most part, not rational. It's an emotion. And yeah. if, you can, if you can pull yourself away from it, the emotional side really, you know, I think to be an entrepreneur, one of the best pieces of advice I could give is you better become very good at compartmentalizing. And, you know, be fearful about that later because the decision needs to be made now. And, you know, you know, and, and, and it's, it, to compartmentalize and really be able to make pragmatic decisions at the right time quickly, I, I think helps, you know, be an entrepreneur. Uh, I think it helps you in your, in your whole entrepreneur journey. Yeah. 
This is wonderful. I know there are people on this call thinking, wow, you know, there are methods, there are techniques that I can adopt. There's different mindsets that I can think about. Hey, maybe I need to look after my, biz uh, my business better and myself better. Now, with all this, I'd love to now ask you, how you, you are so busy. How is it that you uh, ended up writing four books? <laughs> uh, lack of sleep. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you, you know, I've always had a creative side. And, and a couple of the books, um, whether it's uh, uh, Maverick Franchise or Bits of Wisdom, um, these were books that, Bits of Wisdom specifically, was a book that I wrote in under 30 days. And it was, it was a compiled of a bunch of questions that I kept being asked, um, whether it was when I walked off stage or whether it was from franchises or just general, hey, what do you think? Do you have a minute? And what I was finding was patterns, um, patterns, patterns of consistent questions from young entrepreneurs. And I wanted Bits of Wisdom to be just that, just a few nuggets of my thought, small little essays of the way I felt at any given point mm -hmm. um, about certain questions. And, and so I, it's, it's almost a compelling feeling. I felt like every one of those books, I, I felt like I had to write. And, and um, because my mind kept stirring, it just kept going. And, and I can tell you the last book, uh, My Family Business, uh, is my first shot at fiction. You know, I had a couple, I had a couple of buddies of mine that were saying, man, you know, you're, you're, you come from an interesting family, and, uh, and you've had some interesting experiences in your life and your, your, your dad and your grandparents, I'd love to, you should really write a book on that. So what I did is I, I took, uh, I took a lot of, I took a lot of liberty with, uh, reality and kind of told a kind of twisted a reality slash fiction book, uh, stories that I had heard when I was a kid growing up and kind of filled them in. And, and so it's a, <laughs> It, it was. Uh, it turned it. In, it turned in to be a uh, again my first shot at fiction, and and I'm currently actually I can tell you, you you'll be the first to know. Uh, I'm currently on my fifth book right now. Excellent. Um, and it, it should be coming out. I'm hoping it's going to come out by the end of the year. It's just another. It's another one where um, I felt like bits of wisdom, while they were great little nuggets of information and, and could really tell a story. I feel like the next one I, I'm just kind of calling it the keys. Um, the keys kind of give a little bit more detailed answers on specific topics like entrepreneurs and like failure, like, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 what success really means. And, and, and so it, it's a, it, it's a, it's an ongoing thing that I just can't, I, you know, my brain seems to think I have something to say. And when I do, I, don't say <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing. This is wonderful. Koi. I wonder, um, was it, um, it, it seems to me that it was natural for you to, to write, uh, in terms of uh, nonfiction, was the process the same and how did you feel, uh, at the end of it? And did you self publish? Um, I self published bits of wisdom. Um, I ended up self-publishing the nonfiction or the fiction book as well mm -hmm. um, because I was with publishers and they kept, they just changed my story. Everything yeah. that I wrote, I sent it into the publishing company. They'd send it back with all these red marks and lines saying, well, what if we did this? And what if we did this? I'm like, well, that's not how the story goes. So uh, I ended up spending a year um, battling back and forth with the publishing company about how the story should look. And in what my version of the story was, and and I decided, you know what, I'm yanking it back. I'll do it myself. And and uh, and so, you know, my wife 
had read the transcripts or the manuscript before it, it went to before it went to press, and she said, you know, in her very quaint way, I understand. She said, I, I can I can understand and read what was you and what was them. Oh, she said, there, it's just a different writing style. Chalk and cheese. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of went different a little bit, and so I I, I wanted to I wanted to really make it my own and, and pull it back. So. Um, but but as far as I'm sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. No, absolutely not. Loving it. The process, um, no, the process is totally different for fiction than it is. Uh, I mean, with me when I write, I mean, again, whether whether it's Maverick franchise or bits of wisdom, um, I it was a very. I mean, flip it, flip it was about you know obviously flipping properties, but that was before I even got into franchising. But but bits of wisdom and Maverick franchise, that was a very. Those were very much almost essays of again questions that I've been asked, things that I've been thinking about, things that I'm tired of repeating. So I just let me put it out on a book. Um, <laughs> and so, so every franchise that comes aboard gets both of those books, every franchise, whether it's bio or board, they always get those books because I feel it answers a lot of questions in time that they will have. That's about really smart. Whether, yeah. Their selves or their, or their, or the company. So it's, it's kind of, it, kind of like an onboarding um, sequence, isn't it really? It is. It is. I tell them, I say, look, when you're looking for nighttime reading because you can't go to sleep, you go ahead and pull up one of these books. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, I, I know that there is absolutely a, a, a plethora of different conversations, different discussion topics that we could cover today. We are entering the, the pointy end of the call. Now, I'd love to know um, quickly, why did you get into the fields that you did with Bio One and uh, and Best Option Restoration? They're really interesting fields. Well, I can tell you with Bio One, um, it, was a, it was a labor of love. I mean, crime scene cleaning is not something I ever thought I was going to do. I thought I'd No, do. never heard of it. Most people had. It's not dinner table conversation. <laughs> I, uh, I, thought, I thought I would be a professional athlete and it turned a, turned a corner on me. I was sitting in a church, and a pastor had stood up. This is 20, 20 some odd years ago, twenty two years ago now. I was sitting in a church. Pastor had stood up and said that a man man had taken his life in the audience and did not, and he did not see his wife and wanted to know if some of us would go see how she was doing. And uh, you know, so we went. And this was Sunday afternoon. We went to church. We went after church. We we went over to her house. Me and a, a group of guys and and the pastor and. We walked in the door, and some women were already there from the church, and they were sitting on the couch with her. Well, when I walked through that front door, she kind of locked eyes with me, and she said, they said I had to clean it myself. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And she pointed to the back door, which ended up being her bedroom door. And I opened the door and quickly saw um, everything in life that mm. you probably shouldn't see. Yeah, And I, was, I closed the door real fast, and I, I quickly realized what she was talking about. Well, yeah, I walked over to the I walked over to the couch and and told some of the ladies on the couch, could you take her to lunch? Me and me and the guys will stay back here and we'll 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 clean this for her. We'll deal with it. Yes, so we did, and we did a thousand things wrong. I mean, we did you name it, we did it wrong, and yeah. and we were sitting around a couple of days later, me and those same guys talking about life and and our spirituality, and somebody brought up. I wish I could say it was me, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Somebody said what do you think happens when people commit suicide? And I mean, the police just tell people to clean it themselves. Is there a business here that we're not seeing? And a light bulb went off in my head and, and you know, I created a, you know, at that time, my first crime scene cleaning company. And uh, you know, it, the, 
at Bio One, we have a company motto that's just called Help First, Business Second. And I'm very, very, very big on that. The reason why is that's how the company started. We weren't trying to make money. We were just trying to help a lady in her greatest time of need. She had no one else to turn to. So, you know, it's one of the reasons why the Bio One franchisees never collect payment at the time of service. They don't take money from people. They don't collect from anybody. If, it, if a child's hurt or a first responder, we collect zero money from that. Yeah. Um, it, it's very important that we walk our talk of helping first because the money's there. We wouldn't be in business if it wasn't. Of course. But there's a time and a place for it. And that's why uh, helping first and business second is, is a very, very strong and, and, and passionate motto that we have that we, we try to live by every day. And that's more. excellent. That is more. excellent because... Uh, I look at the, our, our motto and it's uh, underneath the My Future Business logo. It's helpful people helping people. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I love what you're doing. I mean, it's not a, not a great topic at the best of times, but there is a business there and you've made the right decisions and you've got some great business acumen about you. You're, you're a loving father. You've got balance in your life. There's lots to be learnt from this call um, today. Now, um, I'd love to know, if people want to um, buy your books or if they want to learn more about you and the business bio one and best options restorations or bore, where are people going to find you? You know, as far as the book goes or the books, I, I tell people the easiest, the easiest and best way is always Amazon. I, I almost hate pushing, you know, Bezos company, but he's got enough. <laughs> but he seems to corner the market on almost everything. So no, I reckon he's so, short. He's, he's a bit short. <laughs> it's pretty pretty simple to type in, you know, Nick Anthony's Amazon in in, in Amazon, and I'm going to pop up. Um, as far as uh, Bio One, it's literally just the, the www you know bioonein.com, and Boar's just borestoration.com. They can they can look at it. They can look at it and read it all they want. If they're interested in talking, I'd be more than happy to chat with anybody. Fantastic. And also, um, uh, Nick Anthony, there's also, you've got NickAnthonyZamerson.net. Can I share that with uh, people? Sure. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, look, anybody and everybody who's on today's call, if you haven't taken something away from this, um, I don't think you were listening. There's been some great nuggets of gold, some wonderful wisdom shared on this call today. And no matter where you uh, see this call, you'll see the links back to all of the relevant links that uh, we've just spoken about. And Nick, Thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Yeah, thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.